There will be three new inductees into the Hall of Fame, Adrian Beltre being one of them. He's a former Dodger. We'll look at his career with the Dodgers and what it means for us Dodger fans to see him in the Hall of Fame. And then I'll give my four bold predictions for the 2024 season. That's what's on tap, so let's get locked on Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodgers fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets when guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. And if you want to become an everyday, all you have to do is listen or watch every day. If this is your first time listening to watching, I'm Vince Samperio. Welcome. Uh, usually joined by co-host Jeff Snyder, but he's out today, so it'll be just me. Jeff and I are both lifelong Dodger fans that have covered the team in a few ways, this podcast being one of those ways. We have been in the press box, been in the locker room. We're not quite insiders. We're just here to bring you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. And once again, here to do that today, uh, not as much smart, maybe, and and knowledgeable stuff there's not really much to learn from today uh dodgers james paxton's deal hasn't been officially announced for the dodgers but it looks like it's 11 mil with a one million dollar bonus if he's on the opening day roster and then up to one million more in incentives i would assume based on number of games he starts uh like i said not official but we got more details on that the other news in the baseball world, Reese Hoskins signed a two-year deal with the Brewers. Doesn't mean much for the Dodgers other than maybe the Brewers are actually going to go for it this season and Willie Adamas and or Corbin Burns may not get traded, especially in that division. The Brewers will probably be first place or battling for first place, uh, assuming everybody on their team stays healthy. So we might not see those two guys get traded or be available later on in the year so. Uh, Matt Moore, a, a potential bullpen piece left-hander, he signed with the Angels. He pitched for the Angels last year, one of the four teams he pitched with last year. One year, $9 million. I don't think the Dodgers would have been in that price range, and they weren't really linked to him anyways, but uh, you know that's kind of what happened in the baseball world. Beyond that, uh, there were three players elected to be inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2024. It was Adrian Beltre, it was Joe Maurer, and it was Todd Helton. Todd Helton, we know just from playing the Rockies so many times over the course of his career, he two two players that, that spent their careers with one team, Joe Maurer with the Twins and Todd Helton with the Rockies. So salute to them. One player uh, started his career with the Dodgers. That's Adrian Beltre. He's talked about you know his time with the Dodgers and how he appreciates it and you know, he grew up here in Los Angeles and, you know, you, you obviously he's not going to have a Dodger hat in his on his plaque. He'll definitely go in with with the Rangers uh, Rangers hat on. But it was interesting to see how kind of close or, or a lot closer than I thought 
the stats were when you look him up side by side, his career with the Dodgers, his career with the Rangers. Now, if you go by accolades, uh, they are not similar because he only won one silver slugger here with the Dodgers, finished second in MVP voting in 2004. And then with the Rangers, he was a multiple-time all-star. He was a multiple-time gold glove winner, multiple-time silver slugger. Uh, But if you go just based on, like, the counting stats, he spent eight years with the Rangers, seven years with the Dodgers, about 130 game difference more with the Rangers than with the Dodgers, about a 50 home run difference, 180 RBI difference. Uh, he did steal more bases with the Dodgers and had overall numbers, you know, batting average, OBP, second percentage, OPS, OPS plus, all lower. But uh, like I said, he started his career with the Dodgers. So, you know, his first season was as a 19 year old in 1998. He played in 77 games that year. And then just progressively was the team's third baseman uh, for the next few years until his breakout season in 2004. And, and they mentioned on the bro- or on the MLB Network broadcast of, of them announcing the the Hall of Fame inductees that Beltre sort of a late bloomer in a sense. He didn't make his first All Star game until he was 31 years old, and that got me thinking like, oh man, he didn't make the All Star team in that 2004 season. So I went to go look, and in this day and age, he probably would have made it just because of all the you know replacements and everything that does end up happening. But I looked at just the third baseman that were picked ahead of him. Scott Rowland was named the starter in the net for the National League. He had better numbers than Beltre. And then Mike Lowell was the other third baseman on the roster. And he had slightly better numbers than Beltre did at that point in the season. Beltre had a really big second half. Uh, if he would have had that second half in the first half, he might have been an all-star. But the other part of it, you look at that 2004 season, he hit 334. The OPS of 1.017, 32 doubles, 200 hits, 48 home runs, 121 RBI, and finished second in MVP. So, you know, you, if you're a younger fan or or just, you know, don't remember the years, you think, oh, man, how did that year not win MVP? And then you remember back then Barry Bonds was on his uh, tear through the big leagues where he had – and a batting average of 362 and on base percentage of 609 and OPS of 1.422, 45 homers, 101 RBI, 232 walks, uh, a 609 on base percentage. Like that's ridiculous. Um, you know, however you feel about Barry Bonds, everybody feels different, but um, that's why Beltre didn't win MVP that year. So, uh, you know, back when we kind of remember that, you know, Beltre left and whatever the case is, uh, you know, he went on to have a, he went on to the Mariners, had some decent years there, nothing groundbreaking, you know, just pretty solid numbers over there. Uh, if anything, a little bit underwhelming, just based on the fact of coming off that 2004 season. And then, like I said, when he went to the Rangers, really became a guy for the Rangers, became not just a guy for the Rangers, but a, a guy in MLB, you know, one of the more fun players to watch. He he had his antics with him and Elvis Andrews over, you know, over the years when Elvis Andrews wanted to touch his head or they would, you know, each pretend they're going to catch 
a pop-up when the other one was catching it. We have you know Adrian Belche moving the on deck circle and getting ejected. You know, a lot of different things uh, over the years. And you know, he was a fun player to watch. We congratulate him. The Dodgers congratulated him on social media. And now we move on to 2025. Billy Wagner finished five votes short this season. Next season will be his last season on the ballot. I would imagine he would get it. This was Gary Sheffield's last year on the ballot. He finished with 69 or 63.9 percent of the votes and short of the 75 percent he needed. I got to imagine he'll get in with the Veterans Committee. I think Gary Sheffield waited a little bit too long for the little press run that he made, kind of explaining his side of things. And also, I think, you know, uh, Adam Jones kind of pointed this out, got penalized for maybe not, you know, being great with the old school media that does most of the voting for this stuff. But regardless... Um, I think Sheffield will get in eventually, kind of like Fred McGriff did. So that's it. Next year, they got Ichiro on the ballot. You got CC Sabathia. You got Felix Hernandez. You'll have another year of all these guys that were already on the ballot. So we'll see what next year brings. But that's it for Hall of Fame talk. Jeff gave his four bold predictions for the 2024 season um, when he had his solo episode. So I'm going to do my four bold predictions for the 2024 season coming up so make sure to keep it locked on dodgers today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any five dollar bet guaranteed you have two nfl games this sunday that you can look forward to and put a bet on and guess what all you have to do is bet five bucks and you'll get 150 bucks in bonus bets. That's very simple. I don't know what you're waiting for. Go check it out right now. Go to fandor.com slash locked on and look at the app because the app's easy to use. There's different ways to bet that 150 bucks in bonus bets can go a long way with saving game parlays. You can make your own parlay with different games. You can do over-unders. You can do props. You can do uh, you know, different things. You can look at things. They have an explore tab. You can look at p- uh, bets other people are making. There's a lot of things to do on the FanDuel app. So go check it out right now. And remember, you pay the $5 bet, you get 150 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day. Make sure to Subscribe wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube and listen every day to become an everydayer. Also, we are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Lockdown Podcast Network has two 24-7 streaming channels that might be of interest to you. Lockdown Sports Today and Lockdown Sports Los Angeles are both on YouTube streaming 24-7 with all the news and stories from around the sports world and around the LA sports world. So make sure to go subscribe and check those out. And now we go into bold predictions. Um, As Jeff mentioned in his episode, if you haven't watched, we looked at our bold predictions from last year. One of my bold predictions was that the Dodgers would have a rookie in the All-Star game. That didn't happen. Miguel Vargas didn't get uh, the start to the season, the start to his career that some of us thought he might. James Outman did have. A great start to the season, but then had a really bad second month 
and was never really close to, to being there in the all-star voting. And then I also uh, made a prediction that the Dodgers would have more than 10 walk-off wins with my justification being that their team might not have been as good as years past. Uh, my thinking was that their starting pitching wasn't going to be as strong, but their bullpen would be as strong. So if the bullpen kept them in games, the Dodgers could, you know, come back late and win some of those games. They did have seven walk-off, uh, but not quite, you know, the walk-off boom that I thought they were going to have. So now we're going to have four bowl predictions. And, uh, you know, we'll look in a year from now. We'll year from now, hopefully it won't matter because the Dodgers have been World Series champions and, you know, we're still riding off that high. But uh, we can always look back and, and see. So the first one I have, and, you know, both predictions are tough because you don't want to go pie in the sky. You know, bold to me is realistic predictions that are unlikely or not as likely as other things to happen. And that's kind of the, the theme I'm going with. So the first one I have is that Bobby Miller will receive more Cy Young votes than any other pitcher on the Dodgers. Again, if some of you are as high as on Bobby Miller as maybe, you know, obviously that I am, uh, this might not be that bold of a prediction, especially with Yamamoto and the uncertainty, you know, even though he has the stuff and everything that we we know, at least in terms of the data shows that he'll be able to be successful in the major leagues. Uh, still an unknown. Tyler Glass now has the stuff to win a Cy Young, but has yet to put together a full season has yet to been to be healthy a full season in order to kind of realize that. So for me, for Bobby Miller, it's one of those where I think obviously the gloves are off for him uh, as a pitcher. He made 24 starts for the Dodgers last season and got better as the season went on. And for me, or 22 starts, sorry, 22 starts for the Dodgers last season uh, and, you know, figured his, figured his way out through a season and, you know, had some of his best starts to end the season. And I think there's a couple of things for me that stood out for Bobby Miller that make him a little bit more of a sure thing in the sense of being a legitimate starting pitcher in, in the big leagues than, than others. I think the one flaw or not, maybe not. Oh yeah. Flaw could be the word. The one thing he didn't do last year that I thought he might do more is have strikeouts. Uh, he, he had less strikeouts in innings pitched. He wasn't, really known to be a strikeout pitcher, but I think that's the next step that he's going to take coming into this season that really elevates him and, and gets him Cy Young consideration. Um, last year, he was very good in the sense of his stuff. You take a look at his baseball savant page and, you know, pitching run value, fastball run value, off-speed run value, expected ERA, his fastball velocity, walk percentage, barrel percentage, ground ball percentage and extension all in the 78th percentile or higher all some of those you know up in the 80 87th percentile and the part of it for me is that he was a pretty balanced pitcher in the sense of commanding all his pitches he threw his four seam fastball 28 percent of the time his sinker 20 percent of the time curveball 19 percent of the time slider six 17 percent of the time change up 16% of the time. Like that's five pitches that he threw at least 16% of the time. And I think he's going to have to, or or maybe already has started this, 
where you cut down on usage of maybe a couple of them and really try to, or maybe not cut down on usage, but maybe in this offseason focused on three of those pitches being elite and then maybe the other two pitches being average to slightly above average. I don't think this fast, this early, you're going to have five elite pitches. I think you can get to three elite pitches and you can have the other two kind of there. And I think one part for him where he stood out was there was days where he didn't have certain pitches and that's when, you know, he was able to sit back and and use the other pitches. And I think that's still going to be there, even if he focuses on three of those pitches, because he can always come back to, you know, I don't think he's going to get worse at those pitches at at the very least, you know, he'll stay pretty stagnant um, depending on which pitches he goes after. I think the other part for me last year is that his home and road splits were, were pretty similar. He actually was slightly better on the road than he was at home at Dodger stadium And for a young pitcher to have that split, you know, just shows me that he has the stuff in order to neutralize any home field advantage or dis or or away field disadvantage that that he may have. And like I said, he got better as the season went on. He had some of his best starts there toward the end of the season. Obviously, the start in the postseason wasn't quite there. And I think he will be looking for that redemption come October. But I think before we get to October, Bobby Miller is really going to stand out and really going to make a, a legitimate case or if not a, a, a premier case to be a Cy Young winner. So looking forward to watching Bobby Miller this season. And, you know, that's the bold prediction I have there. My next bold prediction is that the Dodgers will have at least six players with 30 home runs. And this one is a little bit more bold than the Bobby Miller one because that's a lot of players and with to have 30 plus home runs you think about last year with the Braves they had five players with 30 plus home runs and I'm saying the Dodgers are going to one up that and I think the easy the easy two obviously are Mookie Betts and Shohei Otani Freddie Freeman has hit 30 plus homers twice in his career has yet to do it he fell one short last season so I think he gets to it this season so that's number three Max Muncy's basically become a lock for 30-plus home runs as a Dodger in his career so far, so that's four. I think Teoscar Hernandez is going to have a big year for the Dodgers and definitely going to get to that 30 home run, so that's five. So this is where I think five would, would have been a, you know, a not-as-bold prediction. I think six is where the bold part comes in, and you're looking at one of Will Smith or James Outman to really have that that – breakout not breakout season but breakout power season outman hit 23 last year will smith has topped out in the 20s i think you know will smith probably would have got closer if not to 30 home runs had he not had you know all those issues missing time and then having the the injury that he didn't talk about until after the season i think especially him coming up it's not a contract year for will smith but you know, he might want to show the Dodgers, hey, you know, do you want to offer me an extension? Uh, look how good I am. I think that could help out. James Outman can go one of two ways, I think, this season. He's either going to hit for more power, but maybe lose a little bit in the sense of of average, or he's going to hit for more average, but drop a little bit in power. I think one of those two guys can get to 30, and that'll give the Dodgers six players with 30 home runs, which would be ridiculous and obviously you know have them at the top of if not the leader uh, uh 
in the league for home runs total. You know, you add in guys like Jason Hayward and, and Gavin Lux and everybody else that'll kind of fill in and they'll they'll get theirs here and there. But I think six players with 30 home runs would be pretty pretty wild for the Dodgers. And you know, realistically, I think five can happen rather easily with Freddie Freeman being the tough one there. And I think the sixth one is a little bit tougher, but I can see it happening with health. So we'll see if, if that's what the Dodgers can do, if, if they can uh, mash the baseball like that. But that's my bold prediction number two. I have two more predictions coming up, so make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. We want to thank you for being an everydayer if you are. An everydayer is just someone that listens or watches every single day or as close to it as possible. You can do so by subscribing to Locked on Dodgers wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. And remember, you can go beyond the podcast and become a Locked on Dodgers insider. All you got to do is go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Dodgers. You can join the text thread with us. Get direct messaging to or direct texting to our thoughts to or any questions you may have. Uh, you know, anything you think with Dodgers, you can have it right there at the tip of your hands or at the tip of your fingertips, whatever they say these days. Uh, but that's locked on. That's jointsubtext.com slash locked on Dodgers. So let's get into the other bold predictions I have for the Dodgers. And I think that this next one is next one is more of and exercising a, a demon, I guess, so to say. And that's, I think the Dodgers will be the number one seed. I think they'll have the bye, and I think they'll sweep the NLDS. And, you know, realistically, that's not a bold prediction on its face when you look at the Dodgers and who they could potentially play being one of the wildcard teams or, yeah, being one of the wildcard teams, even if they're a top you know, even if it's like a team like the Phillies who might finish second to the Braves or the Braves might finish second to, you know, someone like that. I think the Dodgers will come in fully focused whenever they finish, however they finish the season, however the season goes. And I think that they will sweep the NLDS easily. They'll go into the NLCS. I was going to say sweep their way to the World Series, but that was a little bit too bold for me. I wouldn't put it past them. Um you know, I remember 2017, they swept the first round. They won the second one in five games. And then they were rolling. I think that that, that kind of run is possible. I think it's one of those where guys will be locked in in a different way. I think they'll be, you know, different. You know, Mookie and, and Freddie Freeman have kind of gotten some flack over the last two postseasons not just production wise, but just kind of, you know, energy wise. I think what we saw from Shohei Otani in the World Baseball Classic, not necessarily being, you know, a crazy raw, raw type leader, but, you know, we we saw his, his speech in the pregame against Team USA in the championship and kind of how he, you know, he got the guys going with saying, you know, the, you're not looking up to these guys today. You, you're on the same level as these guys. And, you know, go out and beat them and, and something to that nature. And, you know, he got he had some big moments in that series against uh, Mexico in the in the semifinal. They were down in the in the in the bottom of the ninth and 
he hit a big double that that inning. He, you know, he didn't win the game for them, but he got them going. And then obviously, as we saw in the final, uh, you know, he came in and and he pitched and he got the last outs of the game and you know, striking out Mike Trout to end the game. So I think he'll bring a different level of leadership slash hunger. Not that Mookie and Freddie and everybody haven't been hungry these last two years, but I think you know having somebody as prominent a role as he as he as Otani is. Never having been to the playoffs, definitely not having won a World Series yet. I think that's going to help. I think you know having some of these other guys in different types of roles, having you know guys that that I, I think the clubhouse will be very closely knit and and brought together, and I think that will lead them to big success uh, in the NODS and hopefully the entire postseason. And um, you know that'll lead itself into this last bowl prediction um, and this one, I kind of cycled through a few names and it ends with the Dodgers winning the world series, which is the boldest prediction because we don't know what's going to happen. We never know what's going to happen once we get to October, even as fun as the Dodgers off season has been, it could be just as opposite, uh, just the opposite in October in terms of not being fun. But I think and this is kind of bookending with with Bobby Miller. Bobby Miller's a a guy I've really liked since Dodgers drafted, and you know I was very looking forward to to the success he had last season and, and continued success he's going to have. I think Walker Bueller will play a pivotal role in the clinching game of the World Series. I don't want to go as too far as him closing out the game because I still think he might be, you know, needed for starts. But I think, yeah, I think Walker Bueller is going to close out the, the series for the Dodgers. And he's a guy that we've talked about a lot on this podcast as being the postseason guy. He's been absolute nails. You know, his first postseason start, he gave up the big home run to Ronald Acuna Jr. But, you know, ever since then, he's been pretty rock solid. He's led the Dodgers and and been that, that ace for them in October in a few different ways. and. In 2020, they had, you know, Julio Diaz filled the role that he did in 2020 of kind of, you know, starting, but also relieving. And I think Walker Bueller, depending how this season goes, you know, if everybody's healthy and Yamamoto and Glasnow and and Bobby Miller and Walker Bueller, obviously it's going to depend on where his stuff sits or how his stuff is playing or how his season goes. But if Walker Bueller is more of a, you know, number three, number four type guy, I think they could be more comfortable having him in that number four role where he's a little bit more of a swing man. Or, you know, if the Dodgers do, he pitches a, a game two or three of a series, depending on you know how the series go, he comes back and closes out a game five or six or hopefully not a game seven, but a game five or six. And I think going to no offense to him, any reliever the Dodgers have right now, definitely, you know, they have a lot of capable relievers that could close out games for them. It's not like 2020 where Kenley Jansen was a little shaky and, you know, the, he he had some big saves for them that postseason, but the games that we remember, the games that mattered, he wasn't on the mound to close out those games, the clinching games. And, and I think this year for the Dodgers, it's not like that. Evan Phillips, you know, until proven otherwise – 
is is a legitimate nasty closer that can close out games and the Dodgers have no issues there. But I think, you know, Walker Buehler is going to be that guy. And I hope it's not the way Walker Buehler goes out on his Dodger career in the sense of that he doesn't come back. But I think him having a strong season, him proving it again in October, him having a big moment in October uh, will lead perfectly for him going into, you know, the offseason when he'll be a free agent. So that's the bold prediction there. The boldest prediction, of course, is the Dodgers winning. But, you know, and I said it on Twitter the other day when the Dodgers put out a, a picture of Bobby Miller and and Walker Buehler working out at Dodger Stadium. And I said, I know the Dodgers had a big offseason. There's a lot to be excited about. But those two were, are, you know, near the top of the list for me in terms of seeing them. And I didn't want to put the redemption and the return. You know, that's more of an October thing. I think Bobby Miller has some redemption to, to do. Once it gets to the postseason, I think obviously Walker Buehler the return to the postseason after being that guy for the Dodgers for the, for a few years, but that's kind of what I'm looking forward to is them being a part of the 2024 Dodgers winning a World Series. You know, whether it's passing the torch from Buehler to, to Miller, uh, you know, whether it's Buehler's last way out, whatever the case is, and I think the other cliche answer I would have had here is Clayton Kershaw doing that, but. I don't think Clayton Kershaw would be in a position to close out a game unless it was a blowout game, unless he comes back, you know, from his injury and and is looking like prime Clayton Kershaw or at least good to prime Clayton Kershaw. But I think, you know, in a close game, I don't know if the Dodgers would go to him again uh, in that type of role just based on what's happened, you know, in 2019. So, but I do think Walker Buehler would be that guy that the Dodgers do do that with, and I'm looking forward to that happening. So those are the bold predictions I have for the 2024 season. We'll look at them in a year and see what happens. But uh, if all those, if all those things happen that I said, I'd be a pretty happy person. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day. Make sure to check us out wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure to become an everydayer by listening or watching every day. Make sure to subscribe to make sure that you're notified when our episodes are up and ready. Remember, Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Sports Los Angeles are two 24-7 streaming channels provided to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. They're on YouTube. They're on all day. Go check them out. Remember, you can go beyond the podcast with and become a Locked On Dodgers insider at jointsubtext.com slash locked on Dodgers. You can text with us directly, and uh, it should be fun. Once the season gets going, there'll, there'll be a lot of conversations going, especially once the games get going. So make sure to join that right now. And you can get a hold of us different ways. You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. Instagram's up and running again, so go check that out. We're also on TikTok, Locked on Dodgers, if you're into that. We can find... Jeff on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's91. You can DM either of us for any questions, comments, or concerns. You can also send those via email, lockdowndodgers at gmail.com, or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car, if you're at home, catch my device, play podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. <music>